This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. We are back in the saddle again. Good to be back here on Blaze TV. I am Steve Dace with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Did you guys have a good extended weekend as well? It was excellent. Yes. Was it? It, it was went, good. Oh, good. Yeah, back from Houston. Spent about a day and a half there. Uh, speaking at a benefit for Texas Values, which is kind of like their version of our family leader down there in Texas. And had a great time. Uh, phenomenal people. Thickest air I've ever breathed in my life. I think it got more humid after it rained. Okay, but uh, the people down there were phenomenal. We went to, and you guys know I don't like to eat a ton when I'm traveling. So we did a uh, a little, of just a dinner, because I had like six hours after the event before my plane took off. And they took us to this local place over by the airport where everything's done there locally and, and it's all whole food. So I thought I'd give it a shot. We just figured it's grilled meat, least amount of processing. The grilled, just had a couple fat pieces of grilled shrimp, a couple of uh, uh, slices of grilled chicken. I mean, the amount of flavor and zest was just Absolutely phenomenal. So I got a chance to see Brian English, one of my best buds, and a lot of positive words and uh, support uh, for the show down there as well to pass along to you guys. Yeah, so excellent. Got a chance uh, to uh, to go see Ted, well, Ted Cruz, uh, for a couple of hours. Uh, I won't. That was a private conversation uh, between two friends. So it could be a little bit more blunt than just your typical media senator conversation. I won't get into too many specifics. I'll leave you, I'll, I'll, I'll mention one thing though that I think everybody will find funny is of course we got into the conversation of whether we thought Trump was going to run again or not because that of course unlocks the answer to a lot of other then questions that either don't have to be asked or then have to be answered right. depending on that decision, right? And uh, and Ted said, I, I just had dinner with him uh, a month or so ago, uh, and he asked me, so what are you going to do next? And Ted said, kind of depends on what you're going to do next. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I thought I got a, and he didn't get an answer uh, from uh, from Trump, but I just, I thought that was, uh, that was funny. So, but it's good. Uh, it's good to be back here with all of you here on Blaze TV. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, uh, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then, of course, uh, if you're looking for clips of the show, head over to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. As well, you know what? One thing I was told about the uh, the banquet I spoke at yesterday is uh, I won't I won't mention who said this, but 
someone told me who yesterday that a uh, a mucky muck, and that's a term of endearment around here. Uh, but a mucky muck with uh, the Texas Republican Party came up to them afterwards, after I got done uh, being the keynote for this banquet, and said, "Wow, we got to get that guy to keynote the, uh, the the state GOP convention down here next June." And then the person who told me this looked at me and, and laughed and said, "But don't worry, Abbott wins that primary. He'll make sure that you'll never get that invite." <laughs> I thought that was just the governor of. Texas. <laughs> I just, I just, I just laughed out loud. I mean, last week I was told by an activist, I'm doing a, a GOP event in Iowa next week. And I'll, I, you guys got to remind me, I had a couple of really good friends of mine, like Jason Johnson, who like lives in the Houston area, text me yesterday, like 10 minutes before my event was to start. Why didn't you tell me you were coming down here? I, I You guys know I'm terrible about that. You guys need to remind me to more often remember when we're doing stuff like just that. Just a social butterfly. Yes. Save days. Yeah, I just randomly show up in places without any warning. Um, but uh, I'm going to do a state GOP event, and I'll have the details for that because it's kind of like halfway between here and Minnesota. So if you are in either Iowa or Minnesota and you want to come, this would be kind of a good event for you. It's the first time I have been asked to do a an official state Republican Party event in Iowa since at least the Cruz campaign. The, the, it's at least, so we're talking at least now more than five and a half years. That's how long it has been. And an activist sent me an email and said, hey, the rumor in our, going around is that Senator Grassley, when he found out you were the keynote, uh, said he wasn't come to the event. And I, I wrote back, please be true. Okay, <laughs> please, please, please. I, I think people don't understand. See, this is the stuff that feeds my ego. I, we don't like know our podcast rankings and stuff. I, I, the reason we know what our show grew last year is because the Mucky Mucks here at the Blaze just volunteered the information. We're not like, can, how many times do we sit around here and like talk about that kind of stuff? Like, not could, often. Not often. We it's 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 rarely a conversation that we have, which is probably not why we're richer. You're, you're, I think you're supposed to inverse these things. But the idea that me showing up. Uh, swinging a big truth stick intimidates these people with like these lofty titles of governor and senator. Now that, folks, I couldn't tell you right now, nor do I care what my current podcast rank is or what how what rank we are I, be, of, of shows watched on Blaze TV. All I know is everybody's behind Glenn Beck and Mark Levin. That's all I know. <laughs> Who's third or ninth? I couldn't tell you. All right. But when I find out stuff like this guy who's a governor or this guy who's a senator or this guy who's a presidential candidate doesn't want to come anywhere near you that's that that's when i get to the uh the masculine uh um uh, ego uh helmet sticker i love stuff like that yeah oh yeah. i live in your head all the time I'll yes accept that. yeah that's like the greatest compliment one of the greatest compliments along with i hate your show but i watch or listen every day those are some of the those are two of the greatest compliments uh that, that you can get uh, in this line of work, at least if you're me, it is anyway. Hey, coming up on the show today, we have a jam-packed show for you today. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to reveal something we have been dealing with on this program behind the scenes for about a month and a half. That We think as a consumer of conservative media, you should be aware of. And then you can draw your own conclusions about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour.
Well, you know what? I didn't ask you guys before I said we were going to bring this up on the show. It came up casually in the overtime about a week ago, but we haven't brought it up to the general public yet. I didn't even ask you guys before I said we were going to do this. You think it's okay? I don't want it to be overly self-serving. It can be kind of self-serving, but I don't want it to be like overly self-serving. Do you think people would be interested to know what I'm about to tell them here at the bottom of the hour? Yeah, I'm certain of it. Okay. All right. Next hour, I know you're going to be certain. I'm certain you're going to want to know this. Dr. Ryan Cole is one of the leading independent pathologists in the country. He's been on our show before. He's going to join us again. Now, we had this already set up before the whole thing with vaccinating the youth with the COVID vaccines has now kind of come to a head. This morning, the World Health Organization, uh, I'm sure this is going to be in your montage here in a minute, Aaron. The World Health Organization this morning is now suggesting that you do not any longer vaccinate anybody under the age of 18 with the COVID vaccines anywhere in the world. But don't worry, our CDC will get on it with their uh, emergency meeting that we've been waiting more than a week for because they first scheduled it on Juneteenth, a week after the emergency was declared, and then they had to celebrate Juneteenth, so they might get around to it here maybe later today. Who knows if we are lucky. So this is a conversation. What are mRNA vaccines? How do they differ from traditional vaccines? And as he is, as a pathologist, he is studying both the behavior of the virus and then how the virus behaves in relationship to attempts to treat it or kill it, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to know these kinds of questions and, and or the, the answers to these kinds of questions. We're going to get them with Dr. Ryan Cole next hour. And then next hour for Pop Culture Tuesday, the absolute most cringe program I have ever watched. Uh, this was in our queue. This, uh, this came up on a list of must-see documentaries in the last five years on a YouTube channel I like. I put it in our queue. I asked Amy the other night, my wife, hey, should we watch this? She goes, I've already seen it. I think, though, that you'll like it, and I just want to get your reaction to it. And then she, when it was over, she was like, I wish I would have filmed your reaction to this. I mean, I, 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 I got up out of my chair. I flailed my arms. I mean, it was like the end of a Michigan-Ohio State football game when they used to be competitive. So that was a long time ago. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, this was the most cringe program I have ever watched. So, of course, I demanded that Todd and Aaron watch it, too. Never, I will never forgive you for making me do that. It, it was you, Todd, you texted me yesterday like five minutes yeah. before I'm about to go speak. This this makes Sons of Sam look like Scooby-Doo. It does. And I had to get I had to walk out of the room and get my composure to get my mind back on giving that the talk I was I was I was sent down there to give. I'm not I've I've been transformed and not in a positive way. It is the experience. most cringe thing I've seen in my life. It is the most cringe over show and over ever. and over again. It does not stop. I, I watched it in two I I had to stop. And yeah, it's only just an hour off. and a half long. Yes. I had to take a time out. I, 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 can, I was tempted, but then I was like, I got to get to the end of this. I got to see how this thing ends. But there were like four times I almost got a T.O., baby. I had to, I had to eject I from this thing. I thought maybe you were trolling me and that these were all actors. And this was some sort of psychological experiment. It, it would have given us more hope for humanity. Yes, it would have. That, that, that is for sure. So we will, we will get into this in Pop Culture Tuesday because not only is it ultimate cringe, but there is a principle that lies at the heart of the cringiest tale ever told. Uh, and we'll get into that uh, coming up in uh, Pop Culture Tuesday. You know, I forgot to take with me on my trip uh, the uh, blue light. That's what they're called, right? Uh, blue blockers. Blue blockers. Thank mm -hmm. you. The blue blockers from Better Spectacles that I'm wearing now. 
And it's just amazing. I've been wearing these for the last couple of weeks when working uh, here in the office or at my home office in front of screens. Just the difference it has made. And then I forgot to take it with me down in, down to Houston. And so I'm using just my standard glasses. And man, you, I can feel a difference. I, I mean, wow, a big difference. So whether though it's the blue blockers or I even have, uh, you know, just my normal uh, prescription uh, from Better Spectacles as well. If you want blue blockers or if you've got any form of, of, of prescription, can be just a standard uh, correction, could be like me, because you know me, it's got to be somewhat contrarian. So I'm a little, I'm not farsighted. I'm not nearsighted. I'm a little bit of both. I couldn't just be one. I, non, I, I refuse false binary arguments. I refuse to be near or far-sighted. I will be a little bit of both. All right. Uh, whichever prescription you're dealing with with Better Spectacles, uh, you can go there right now. BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment. Ask them about their German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear. It's available now for the first time in the U.S. That's a 144-year-old company. Uh, industry leader worldwide and uh, Ronald Reagan himself wore these glasses. It's what I'm wearing right now here on the show. Uh, if you want to get more information about that or just help uh, with your own uh, prescription, uh, they'll give you uh, access to the best uh, opticians on planet Earth right now. When you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And they're offering you, by the way, 61% off uh, those ghost spec lenses with the free handcrafted Rodenstock frames as an introductory offer to get you started. Uh, 61% off there at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Coincidences. The World Health Organization is now officially recommending people under the age of 18 do not get vaccinated and clearly says children should not get the COVID vaccine, saying there's still not enough evidence for its safety in youth. This comes on the heels of new reporting from the British publication Daily Expose, which obtained confidential documentation showing Ralph Barrick, the noted American virologist linked to gain-of-function research potentially at the Wuhan lab, initiated a transfer agreement between Moderna, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and his own University of North Carolina for the development of a coronavirus vaccine. This agreement went down on December 12, 2019. Dr. Anthony Fauci was not a signator on the transfer agreement, but as mentioned, his bureaucracy had a central role. It could be coincidence, but December 31st, 2019 is the first day that the World Health Organization recognized a new cluster of viral pneumonia cases in Wuhan, China. It wasn't until January 9th that this was recognized by the WHO as the novel coronavirus known as SARS-CoV-2. So many coincidences. Speaking of the vaccines and the long train of coincidental health maladies of those who have taken them, here's legendary guitarist Eric Clapton. But the vaccine took my immune system and just shook it around again. And that's still going on. So, and that's, then I read, you know, a lot of the evidence that I had been reading about with people that were having adverse reaction. That was on the list, was, you know, uh, damage to the immune system. Do you feel like you were made aware of those risks beforehand? Oh God, no. I lost the use of my hands uh, for about three weeks. So, 
I thought I was um, in real trouble. A new op-ed from the Boston Herald written by mental health experts in the Boston area said they've seen a near 80% increase in mental health-related pediatric visits and adds, quote, We are seeing three times as many patients ages 8 to 18 following suicide attempts, with 13- and 14-year-olds representing the highest proportion of such ER visits thus far in 2021, end quote. Checking in on the ghouls. Um, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? He does. In completely unrelated news, last week the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops voted to proceed with drafting a formal statement on the meaning of communion, which will include whether pro-abortion politicians like President Biden should be denied it. In New York City, supporters of Hamas rallied for the annihilation of the Jews. We don't want to The Washington Post created a video explaining how white people should feel shame and create accountability groups for their whiteness. A living embodied anti-racist culture does not exist among white people. White people got to start getting together specifically around race. White accountability groups are really helpful in terms of having a place to process, having a group of people whose responsibility it is to call me on things or to challenge me. We're unpacking wrong things that we've been taught in history class, I realized that I needed to go back and unpack and reorganize everything that I had learned because it was completely through a white lens. Most of us in doing this work have experienced this where there's a period of deep shame for being white and for acknowledging the harm that our ancestors have caused. And that's a very legitimate piece of this work. In completely unrelated news, Democrat Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island came under fire this weekend after it was revealed he and his wife have been members of an all-white private beach club in the state for decades. It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. In another win for the white male patriarchy, New Zealand's Laurel Hubbard will become the first dude to compete in a women's sporting event at the upcoming Olympics. Hubbard qualified for the weightlifting event in the super heavyweight class. Meanwhile, in the United States, another dude who feels pretty named Chelsea Wolfe has qualified for the Olympics as an alternate. He said this in a Facebook post last year, quote, My goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn a U.S. flag on the podium, end quote. Moving on, former Vice President Mike Pence was heckled during his speech at the Faith and Freedom Coalition conference in Florida. I'm deeply humbled by it. Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. At the Western Conservative Summit, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis edged out former President Trump in a straw poll, 74.1% to 71.4%. The aforementioned Pence came in 10th place at 21.6%. Voters in the straw poll were allowed to pick multiple candidates in the unscientific poll. And that's what happened while we were away. Yeah, the way they did that was fascinating. It's an approval rating. Do you want this person basically to run for president? Would you like them to? And you could click on everybody that you wanted that that you wanted to run for president. So um, hey, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. You know, we've been talking about them for quite a while now. It is that supplement powder that you mix in with your pet, your puppies, uh, pre this food that they already like, because chances are it's been stripped of all the stuff that they need, just like that happens to our foods. 
for the same reasons, mass consumption, distribution, uh, same thing goes on with the pets. We take a lot of supplements nowadays to put the good stuff back into our diets. Your pet could use that too, but maybe you're wondering, hey, will this ruin my dog's food? They won't eat it anymore. They won't like the taste of it. Um, our dog Kappa loves this stuff, but maybe yours won't. Here's one way to find out. We give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You just pay a couple of bucks for the shipping, but the bag is on us just to see if you don't see, number one, a difference in your pet in the two weeks, uh, just in terms of their overall outlook, energy level, etc. But do they even like it? Number two, uh, give it a shot at roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F. That's how they spell it over there. Roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right. um, Eric Clapton is one of the most gifted, talented, accomplished musicians of this era. And he's also one of the best connected. Basically, anybody who's anybody in British pop music in the last 60 years, he either has been in a band with, performed with, or is friends with. It's funny how, and a lot of them are still alive. You know, one of his best friends was George Harrison from the Beatles. He's been dead for a while. But a lot of these people are still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Been fast. It, it, it's been good to see them come forth and support their legendary friend during this traumatic ordeal. Hasn't it been good to see? It's been good to see Pete Townsend come out and support his old friend Keith Richards come out. Well, forget Keith Richards. I mean, he's, you know three sheets to the wind uh, on the toilet in the morning. He, 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 he has less cognitive ability than Joe Biden at this point. So that's a bad example, but uh, it's, it's good to see, you know, his old buddy, Pete Townsend, you know, Jimmy Page is still alive. Good to see, you know, Jimmy Page, his old bandmate coming out and, you know, having his back during this really difficult time. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Slow hand. I hear you have no hands. How's it going? Yeah. You okay. Yeah. It's good to have friends. Yes. Right? Indeed. Um, that Boston Herald story. I've told you guys that I'm already having conversations with people I know, including a certain senator from Texas recently. We need, at this point, we skip right past 9-11. We're at Nuremberg now. Nuremberg-style tribunals where the, these, this thing ends with these bastards in a noose on a gallow that did this. My wife's finishing up her final degree she needs for uh, her therapist accreditation here in Iowa via Liberty University. And she starts full-time at her job after graduation in in August. She's interning there now. And, I mean, we were discussing this very study. I sent it to her. We were discussing it the other day, and she's like, "I, I could... And I'm not alone. We got like nine therapists or something, she said, in our office, or people who see patients. We, we could all just load up with children, with minors. That market has just absolutely exploded, she said, in the last year plus. A market, by the way, that all the data has shown from the very beginning, they are either not, as a group, as a group, not vulnerable to, or vectors for, meaning they're not receivers, 
or givers, by and large, at a dangerous level of this virus. Well, it goes beyond that. We would have gotten to herd immunity a lot faster. Yes, because we would have the healthiest immune systems out there pushing back on the virus. Right. You're, You're exactly right about that. It's almost as if, whether it is taking all the healthiest immune systems off the board, what was done with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, not providing any treatment guidelines for eight months. Your treatment guideline until October of last year was if you uh, was if 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 a patient tests positive, isolate them unless their symptoms are too serious, then they go to the ER, maybe for a ventilator or um, one of the few new treatments Mm -hmm. they created that works, Regeneron, that's the monoclonal antibody treatment. That's what Trump received. Um, these people are bastards and it's almost as if they did all the system did all of this the spirit of the age did all of this specifically so it could create the market to subject you to these vaccines that are showing and proving to be increasingly dangerous when the World Health Organization that is essentially an arm of the Chinese propaganda machine. I wouldn't go so far as to call them an arm of the Chinese government, but I would say they're at the very least sympathetic to the Chinese propaganda machine. At the very least, they they believe that they have to um, balance the messaging of the Chinese propaganda machine with some semblance of their mission. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Um, when they're now saying no one under 18 anywhere on this planet should be taking this vaccine. Our friend Emerald Robinson at Newsmax, I thought had an interesting tweet this morning. She said, last month, everybody needs to take the vaccines. This month, don't give the children the vaccines anymore. Next month, don't give anybody these vaccines anymore. That, I thought that was a powerful tweet. Just... Just FYI as well, on a tangential but related note, we're going to have to cut this segment out of YouTube because they'll probably knock us for medical misinformation, mm-hmm. even though even though in their own terms, they cite the World Health Organization yes. as one of their governing bodies. I'm glad you brought that up. So this morning on Facebook, I took our buddy, Dr. Andrew Boston. He was just on our show recently. Uh, Brown University epidemiologist, ACE researcher, uh, he put out his own analysis on his own, I think, Substack. He put out his own analysis of what he is seeing with myopericarditis issues with youth vaccinations around the country. And, and, and in it, he is asking them as a vaccine advocate, hey, looking at this data, we at least need to pause and reflect and do more research on this before we resume vaccinating more, any more children. And I posted his, his report on his Substack on my Facebook page. Five seconds after I posted this, Facebook puts up its disclaimer, COVID vaccines go through many tests for safety and effectiveness and are then monitored closely. Source, ready for this? World Health Organization. Ironically, Facebook put a disclaimer on my post, citing the WHO, which is the very organization currently urging countries around the world to cease and desist putting COVID vaccines into children. Again, gallows, nooses. 
not the fake ones, not the fake ones that we found at a NASCAR garage with 14 FBI agents dispatched last year. No, the real ones, which is what we, where we put in, where we filled them with the necks of those who were the last totalitarian civilization that thought they could use public health to, to demarcate civilization, declare who is the superior and the lesser, lie to us with fake junk science from the bowels and pit of hell. That's what we did to the last uh, manifestation of that here on planet Earth, correct? Mm, correct. We put it... All those we didn't kill on the battlefield, we put all of their necks in the noose, we kicked the damn chairs out from underneath them, and we watched them breathe their last, right? Yes. That's what needs to also happen here, in my opinion. I These mean, are crimes against humanity. What's going on here? And the side-by-side of these storylines going on with the two uh, Olympic tranny stories, if we survive as a nation and people are looking back on this they're going to just be laughing at us. How did you rubes believe all this? Mm-hmm. How did you tolerate all this? And they're going to have to have that opinion for us to survive that long because we can't survive that long unless we come to form that opinion. Why do you keep buying this garbage as reality? Let's end this on a on good news. There is some? There is some. I think I have discovered my new Cambodian smoking toddler video when all is just not going well on a given day right aaron you've got that like one of your hot keys or in your save folder fire that up when when i need to go zen add that's right there with the uh the jihadist that gets blown up in real time during his spiel you know how much i love that video right okay pence getting heckled at the faith and freedom coalition yes 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 more and more cowbell. That video, yes. If Trump doesn't run again, and we do have an open primary caucus, my first prime directive is going to be, I'm going to make an example out of Mike Pence, because he's a very kind of Christian Republican that has darn near lost our way of life to the spirit of the age, and we can't afford anymore. So we got a new partner on the show. It's an interesting product, man. Uh, it's called Fast Growing Trees. Uh, maybe you've upgraded a few things around the house while you were stuck inside, but we all want to get back outside again, right? Uh, and now you can uh, upgrade your yard with uh, some new uh, stuff to help with your landscaping. Skip those big box stores. Head to fastgrowingtrees.com. FastGrowingTrees.com. It's the world's largest online nursery. You don't have to wait in line or um, a lackluster selection. Uh, you can dig through thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, plants, bushes, everything you want to do uh, to help you curate and improve the uh, the curb appeal of your of your home, of your yard, your landscaping. All right. So whether you're looking for more shade, privacy, might even be looking for fruit trees. We love. I mean, we have an apple tree in our backyard. 
last year was the first time because 2020 had to ruin everything. Last year was the first time that the apple crops sucked, hmm. <laughs> of course. All right. But most years we've we've had a ton of fun uh, picking the apples off the tree every year, especially when the kids were little. All right. So every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system. It's just ready to explode with new growth in your yard. And now through July 31st, uh, if you go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve, you'll get 15% off. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. Plus, by the way, they come with a 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, meaning your whatever you order will arrive uh, happy, healthy, and ready for planting. Fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Steve. So we've had a, a mini ordeal going on here on the show behind the scenes for wow Aaron when did you cut the video when did we when did we finish the video that we're about to show do you remember when it was let me see when you quick. sent the I've email the with the completed video uh, I would have been the 2nd of June 2nd of June so today is the 22nd about yeah. three weeks three weeks so three weeks we've had this ordeal going on behind the scenes and we've tried to let it go as long as we could, because it's a bit of a sensitive subject, understandably, given who we're about to talk about. And it, um, and you want to give people the most benefit of the doubt, right? Sure. But after telling us they were going to put a rush on this, and then saying, well, we've got a few legal questions, and then we, they, they give us one legal question, and we answer it, we've now been officially ghosted. We've, we have heard nothing. Okay, for at least a week now, we haven't heard anything, mm -hmm. right? It's been at least a week. Now we can't even get them to respond on any level. So before we go any further, let's just let you watch this video. Remember when Anthony Fauci undermined President Trump from telling the truth about the real potential origins of COVID-19? Well, what else hasn't Fauci been completely honest about? Find out for yourself. I'm Steve Dace, co-author of the number one best-selling book, Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history. Get your copy of the book that exposes Fauci, and let's make sure this never happens to our beloved country again. Endorsed by Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, and Rand Paul. Get your copy today at FauciandBarganBook.com. So you may have seen this ad um, it, uh, running on uh, Blaze TV for the last uh, few days. Um, you may see that ad running in other places in the coming days and weeks. It was originally cut for Fox News Channel. And uh, our publisher, Post Hill Press, saw the reaction we got from being on Tucker Carlson's show for five minutes when he brought us on for having the number one book. And then it went right back to number one for several days thereafter, like a week after being back on with him again and thought, you know, it's, it's a little bit like anything else. We've kind of run into dry timber with the book. We've, and we are, we are going to end up eclipsing a hundred thousand copies of this book sold in all three, when you combine the three forms of audio, um, the ebook, and and the and the print product, so I, I don't. 
there, were, there won't be many conservative books this year that will do that. Well, there won't be many books, period, this year that will do that, but uh, nonfiction especially. But there might be, my publisher tells us, who's worked in this industry for decades, maybe five, maybe, conservative books this year will do a number like that. So that's you guys, man. I mean, how many of you bought two, three, four, five, ten copies that we talked about when the book came out in March and April, right? But the publisher decided, let's see if we can reach another layer of people now that we've really got COVID stand on the run. And thought, you know, who does a show with an audience a lot like yours, but just a lot bigger? <laughs> who is, who's a natural fit for that? Tucker Carlson's show is, right? Yeah. I mean, after all, we were already on. So arrangements and everything were made to the ad time was already agreed to. The rate was already agreed to. It would be in the thousands of dollars per spot. Uh, and that the hope was to actually run this as a promotion leading into Father's Day, which, of course, we just had. And you didn't see the ad on Tucker Carlson. So now you know how it went. And everything was gung-ho, ready to go, ready to cut a check. Publishers even going to pay for the entire ad schedule up front. And we get this all done. Aaron, you and I come up with the concept for the ad. Mm -hmm. you, uh, produce the, you produce it. I voice it. We put this thing to get it turned around and done and... On top of everything else we do in, what, 24, 36 oh, hours? less than 36 hours. Okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we hear nothing. And a day or two goes by, and we were told, we were, like, this is going to roll right away from the ad rep we talked to over there at Fox. And then they came back and said, well, this doesn't happen very often, but um, the ad has to go through legal for approval. And I, I said to the publisher right away, my name's not James Spader, but have you ever heard of the blacklist? And he thought, oh, come on, it can't be that. I'm like, okay, let's see how this turns out. So behind the scenes, I was letting you guys, keeping you guys updated on this every step of the way. The minute this went to legal, what did I tell you guys this was? This was the blacklist. Yeah. Okay. I'm clearly blacklisted over there, which by the way, if I earned it, and I probably did, I'm okay with it. I'm a big boy. But name someone in all of conservative media who has a platform about the size of ours, or even a little larger, who has been on a primetime weekday show on Fox News less than I have been for like the last 10 years, right? Right. I mean, the Cruise okay. campaign no, could, could, couldn't get me booked on Fox as a surrogate, so they had to put me on other networks, other places. It's clear that I'm on a blacklist over there. So finally, we get legal to respond to us. And, and I'm thinking they're going to, they found one or two footnotes that aren't apl applicable or disappeared from the internet that we have to clarify, right? Something substantive in the book that they're not comfortable, the extent that by which it nails Fauci's jello to the door, right? right? That they're going to ask us to clarify or why, or come up with an excuse for why they can't run it because of this the one legal clarification fox news channel comes back to us with is they wanted us to verify that it was a number one best-selling book it wasn't even any of the claims that the book makes 
It was the claim of its sales status, which is very easy to confirm. I mean, you just go find the list published by Amazon and the Wall Street Journal and USA Today, and you send them that documentation, right? Right. So our sales rep over at Fox gets back to us again. Okay, that, that, that's perfect. This should be done in a day. That was probably 16 or 17 days ago. Mm -hmm. We were doing daily check-ins for another, you know, 10 days. Well, I don't know what's taking so long. Should be any day. Then we just stopped getting responses So in the last few days. So we have just stopped checking in. They've made no further inquiries about what the issue is. Now, the day that I was on Tucker's show, entire spot breaks were bought out by Mike Lindell. In order to promote his book. That was actually one of the reasons we got the idea for this. Because, one, it's working for his book. Two, who right now is even more controversial in, in how they have chosen to attack the spirit of the age than even this program is. That isn't, that isn't sitting in an indefinite uh, detention cell from January 6th, right? Can you, is there one per? it's probably him, yes. right? And so we kind of thought, well, if they're going to run Lindell stuff, yeah. he, and when they, dude, when the, when the spirit of the age throws a Geiger counter out there, it goes off when we walk in the room, it, it's, you know, red lines when Lindell walks in a room, right? I mean, he's getting kicked out of Republican governor's association meetings and everything else, right? Yeah. Okay. Not, well, now apparently we have we have surpassed Mike. I, I, I'm going to receive that, I guess, as a form of a compliment. But we have gotten no further asks for clarification. Nothing. I mean, we had a, a, a check for a not insignificant amount of money ready to send to them. And it was pretty significant to them because they were in agreement of receiving it. Right. So. I, I'm guessing that we have just been ghosted. Now you may know why I knew for a week, I was, or almost a week, I was going to be on Tucker. We, you, all three of us did about the book. It was already being worked on before the book came out. I, we just never said a word. Didn't even The day that we knew we were going to be on that night, we didn't mention it once on the show. I, I didn't mention it at all until I was sitting in the chair with the sat on Blake and the show started live. That's when I tweeted out, hey, going to be on Tucker Carlson, the number one show in cable television here in about uh, 45 minutes. Because I didn't trust that if the word got out ahead of time, they wouldn't find some way to yank it, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of what maybe happened here? And, and what does it mean other than it's just inside baseball for us? Is there something that a listener or viewer to this show should take away oh, from, the, from the last 17 days? It's way worse. You think so? What's it? Yes. Because I have been hesitant about, is this too self-serving to talk about? Is there's is there something beyond that that it, it it just it's just our show and you like it that the average conservative or patriot or liberty minded critical thinker in this audience could take from this experience? Can I buy that your personality could rub people the wrong way? It's Accept, it happens. Accepted. Nobody's perfect. Accepted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you agree to that a little too soon, but I'll allow well, it. I know mine can too. I'm in. I'm in. This is why I understand it. Uh, but listen, this wasn't just any old book during any old year. It, 
we were the tip of the spear from a media perspective on COVID and calling BS on it. No one can challenge it. They, make, they can try, and they will, but they'll be wrong. We were as early as anybody in the media sphere. There were others, and God bless them for it, and we pointed them out because we knew it couldn't just be us. And some of that is because of this nonsense. So the show as a whole, and then the book came out. It didn't seek uh, to simply uh, ride a wave. It again said a trend. We came out with this book, and then you saw after the book came out, many people suddenly finding their guts on this topic and mentioning Fauci and throwing him under the bus for the very first time in conservative circles. And this isn't just about any old issue. It's about COVID and what happened for the last year and a half to hijack this nation in ways constitutional, in ways life and death. That's why this is way worse than Steve Dace. This is about, you, you just, you can't handle the truth. It, it, and you don't want the truth on some level. You want the return to normal, the grift as it was, and you know this guy who never allowed you to have the grift on any of those old issues that you may have not had him on one about is sure as hell not going to let you have it on this one, and neither am I. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. So there was an effort, an attempt made a couple of years ago, I believe, Steve, and I can't remember who initiated it, to figure out if we can get you on Fox News more often. You were on a, a, a two or three appearances on some Sunday show with our yeah, a weekend afternoon show. Um, yeah. And some, uh, there, was an, uh, there was an individual specifically hired, and this individual said, yeah, sure, I've got tons of contacts over at Fox News, and if I'm getting any part of this story wrong, please correct Jennifer me. Jennifer Kearns was her name. Yes, thank you I think she's on much. Newsmax now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was an effort made uh, by this individual to get you on. And it was kind of a, an eerily similar pattern, was it not? Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. I, I'm endeavoring now. Yeah. And then just radio silence. Yes, yeah. There is an Overton window on the right as well. And it's really, really... Guys, it's not a whole lot different than what we see on lefty enemy media. It really isn't. It's got a different spin on it. But the premise of every issue that's talked about, unless you're making bank for Fox News like Tucker Carlson is, but if that's like the only exception. Maybe Steve Hilton might be another exception on, on Fox News. Unless you're absolutely making bank, you're not allowed to go outside that Overton window. Steve, um, and, and really when we're talking about Steve, in, in certain ways, we're, we're talking about um, you, people like you and I and, and those out there who watch this show and appreciate this type of contact, uh, content, I should say. We're walking, talking embodiments of something that is outside the Overton acceptable Overton window on, uh, on this outlet. And, and this is not, we're not talking about Newsmax here. This is still the largest outlet of that caters, that target audience, that uh, that is a real right of center, what's left of America. And there is still an Overton window there. Um, that should tell you what you need to know. I, I think a lot of people have come to this conclusion that outside of one hour every weeknight, Fox News is not really, not really your friend. Now, 
I'm still going to reserve judgment, but outside of that one hour, um, what is what is it doing for you? What's it doing for us? That's a question that we have to keep asking. We're going to ask some more questions. Fake news or not is next. We're going to put the COVID vaccines under the literal microscope with pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole next. You do not want to miss this conversation here in a moment. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can look for me, Steve Dace, as well. On MeWe, Parlor and Gab. And if you're looking for clips of the show, uh, you can go to rumble.com slash Show. That's D-E-A-C-E. And if you're a podcast listener, we're looking for you to please, if you haven't done these things already, uh, leave us a five-star review. Give us as well uh, a subscription. Hit that subscribe button. The more of you to do that, that do that, the more it helps the program to grow. Thousands upon thousands of you have done that for us already. We want to thank each and every one of you uh, for your contribution into helping uh, the show to continue to grow and succeed. This portion of the show brought to you by uh, our friends at Home Title Lock. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft for a while now. This is where cyber thieves remove you from your home's title and become the new owner. Uh, And uh, they do this because they can hack online where a lot of home's titles are kept these days uh, and identify as you, especially if they have personal information that you would use to identify yourself online. You know, like, say, what might be on uh, your Facebook page. And they just recently suffered a massive data breach. 500 million accounts now vulnerable to cyber thieves. So they can go online, potentially, uh, log in to your home's uh, website where the title is kept as you make it look like you sold your home to them on a quick claim deed. And then maybe you don't find out about it until your home's equity is all gone. Make sure it doesn't happen to you. And that's what our friends at Home Title Lock can do. That That's all they do. Uh, and if you want to find out if you're already a victim or you want to take advantage of their 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach, you can go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And to get those 30 free days, use the promo code RADIO. Promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Dr. Ryan Cole has worked as an independent pathologist for nearly 20 years. His work within those uh, 18 years includes... Uh, five years at the prestigious Mayo Clinic. He's been a guest on this show before, and it's a pleasure to bring him back here again today. Dr. Cole, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us again, brother. How are you? Super duper. Thanks for having me back, Steve. Can you explain to our audience, Ryan, what exactly, you're an MD, but your speciality, as Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, is pathology. Can you explain specifically what that means and how it relates to the conversation we're about to have about the behavior of novel coronavirus and then the way it behaves in relation to the COVID vaccines? Certainly. So pathology is basically the study of disease processes in the human body. So my day job is at the microscope looking at pieces of people under the microscope, biopsies, but also in the laboratory we do, you know, the fluid parts of the body, uh, microbiology, mucus, et cetera. We do the blood work, we do pap smears, we do 
molecular studies, uh, virology is part of uh, pathology, one of my board certifications, immunology, and how different diseases interact with the human body are all in the study of pathology. So it's how the body goes wrong and what causes those things to happen in the body and what are the processes. And then I'm the doctor to the doctor and I help the doctor understand what they need to know about the patient's conditions so we can treat. So when I said to the audience, we're going to put these COVID vaccines that are now under scrutiny under the microscope before we brought you on, that is a not just a promotional a tease. That's a literal statement. I mean, you came complete with a set prop here uh, to <laughs> your left. So we are literally about to do that. How how much how many samples would you say of this virus and um, the conversation about the vaccines? Have you in total had a chance to look at here over the last year and a half? Um, in my laboratory, we've done over a hundred thousand so far. Wow. So. Have a, a little bit of experience. You have a, a, a tad. You, you, this isn't your first rodeo, as they like to say, right? No. Correct. All right. So let's start with let, let's set some basic parameters around the virus itself. The behavior of this virus. So it's a novel virus in that it's a new iteration. But is it novel in its behavior? Does it violate pre-established laws of virology, immunology, and biology. And that's why we had to do all this PPE and mitigation efforts that every study ever done prior to this virus, all shown, really don't work. But we had to give it a shot this time, Ryan, because we're dealing with something that operates outside of our norms. Is that what you have found in your over 100,000 studies of the pathology of this virus? This is a run-of-the-mill coronavirus. Yes, it's a little bit more aggressive. That's likely because of the furin cleavage protein and some, um, and so shall we say, engineered features of the virus in the spike protein that we normally don't see in coronaviruses. So is it lab or originated lab leak? Most likely, you know, from a scientific point of view. I was saying this over a year ago. I said, look, you don't see a furin cleavage protein in coronaviruses. You don't see a CGG, CGG repeat in the genetic code. I, I knew this a year ago that it was engineered, but it's still behaving like a, an aggressive coronavirus. It's it's essentially statistically a bad flu. We knew this a year ago. We had the Diamond Princess. We had the USS Roosevelt. We knew exactly what this virus was going to do. Um, and, the, and the Princess, you know, 20 per, less than 20%, 19 point something percent of people got the virus. On the USS Roosevelt aircraft carrier, 17 point percent of people got the virus. That means 80 plus percent of people don't get this virus or have pre-immunity to it based on exposure to common cold coronaviruses. We knew over a year ago that what we've done this past year was not necessary. We had two perfect lab models of this virus, the behavior of the virus, who it was gonna kill, what risk category, what age category. Only one person on the Roosevelt died, that person had diabetes. Uh, on the Princess, you know, six elderly people died. We knew what their pre-existing conditions were. We wasted a year of people's lifetime and money based on something that is a virus that we knew the behavior of early on and it's insanity. We we simply know that, yes, it's a virus. Those who are predisposed with too many pre-existing conditions are going to succumb to not this virus, but any virus. Um, so, you know, basic immune health, basic, you know, prevent, preventative measures. We're a metabolically unwell nation. We're a vitamin D deficient nation. We eat way too much uh, processed food. You know, we are a sick nation if you look at how we did as a nation compared to other nations. But no, this is a virus like any other virus. And guess what? 
the the variants I call them scariants. Really, they're samients. This virus is is fading, and as it acquires mutations, like viruses always do, they acquire benevolent mutations over time and become less virulent, and then just become part of the annual common cold season. I think we're one and done with this virus, just like we were one and done with SARS and MERS. So for the longest time, I held out because I'm like Robert Culp's voiced, or I'm sorry, Robert Stack's voiced character in Beavis and Butthead to America, just casually and cavalierly handing out body cavity searches for an hour and a half. Arrest them, hang them, and jail them. That's kind of my natural default setting. So I try to be a little self-aware and figure out, is there any way I can give people, even Lord Farquaad, some form of benefit of the doubt? And for a long time, the one area where I was willing to offer benefit of the doubt is if we were finally willing to come forward and admit that the virus is synthetic, or as you put it, engineered, in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And therefore, we're not entirely confident that all the, the centuries worth of precedent and data that we have on behaviors of, of, of viruses uh, is applicable in this particular sense but they didn't offer us that accommodation to this very day he still will not actually publicly anyway apparently he goes to groups of politicians and admits this privately like in april of last year but when the cameras are on he won't do this publicly won't grant us that accommodation and i would also argue that that accommodations expired ryan because as you've pointed out we have a year's worth of data now that even if that was a fear as even as late as this time last year Last June, July, we still we, that we have another full year of data. Now we've got an entire year of 40 percent of America's children back into the schools and everything else that even if that fear was the legitimate reason why they, they wanted to practice a bunch of this Swiss cheese voodoo um, that we now have data that shows really even despite some of its. Uh, synthetic actualities it, its behavior really isn't that much different at least how it behaves towards us as humans anyway and and so i don't think that that accommodation even is should be granted at this point is that fair or unfair i think that's very fair yeah very fair um ag- again we have the historical data behind us now and through the retrospectoscope of life um you know we time to move forward you know okay. they 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 had an agenda of fear, suffering, and vaccine, and that's all they fed us, fear, suffering, and vaccine. That's over. We, we scientifically know, and if people in the medical community don't want to be critical thinkers, hey, that's up to them. But if you look at the data, and that's what I do. As a pathologist, I'm data-driven, data, data, data. data. My data isn't political. It's not right. It's not left. It's not, it's mm-hmm. data is blind. The data is the data. You know, the virus is, yeah, we have more deaths today in the United States from the vaccine um, on in many states than we do from COVID itself. So, you know, it's time to reassess what we're doing, step back and say, look, it's time to get back to normal life, provide early treatment to those who are at risk, who have COVID um, with early treatments. This is a completely survivable virus um, for most people that aren't in those elderly high risk categories. Okay. So we're going to close the book then on the virus itself. We close that loop. Let's now turn the rest of our attention in this segment here on Fake News or Not to the vaccines. Yesterday, the World Health Organization came forward and said no children anywhere in the world uh, until more research is done should be given or have any more COVID vaccinations administered to. Our CDC sounded an emergency over a week ago about myopericarditis in youth. Uh, 
They then postponed the meeting and they said, we'll get to this emergency in a week and then postponed it another couple of days to acknowledge Juneteenth. So basically an arm of the Chinese propaganda machine is acknowledging something that our CDC has still not tackled. Numerous countries, including I think Germany, are not are recommending in Israel no longer vaccinating the youth. They're seeing some of these risks, too. I want you to describe to our audience what is the difference? Because we hear terms gene therapy. It's not that. What is the main difference, Ryan, and in, in, in the way that an, your body will behave in response to an mRNA vaccine as compared to a traditional vaccine? Okay, so the term gene therapy, you know, people accuse uh, tin, tin foil hat people saying, oh, it's going to intercalate and become part of our DNA become part of us. No, I mean, it is a gene, you know, they're inserting an mRNA gene, and then that goes into our cells and takes over our machinery to make a spike protein. Traditionally in a vaccine, we take an innocuous dead part of a bacterium, a virus, you know, be it a surface protein, be it a nuclear protein, we take a part of a, a killed protein put it in your body and your body reacts to it. In this case, we're actually taking, you know, a small segment of the virus's gene that encodes for the spike. Now that goes into your body, into your cells. Now they told us, okay, it's just gonna stay in your arm. It's gonna make the spike. Your body's gonna recognize it, mount an immune response, and then you'll have antibodies. However, now what we're finding is that spike protein, and this is from a Harvard study about three weeks ago, that spike protein that they tell us is going to stay right here is circulating for up to two weeks in the body. Your body is making it from that little gene. Now you have a spike protein. It's supposed to stay there. It's circulating. It's landing in other parts of your body where it's not supposed to be. And that's why we're seeing myocarditis in kids. It's stimulating an immune response, attacking the heart. And then at the same time, um, the bioaccumulation data out of Japan, we see that uh, about a thousandfold increase of accumulation of the lipid nanoparticle, the thing that they case this little gene in, is landing in the ovaries. What do we what do we know about that? What does it mean? Draw your own conclusion. We don't know is the honest answer. That's why we don't need to be giving this to any reproductive age woman at all, period. Mm. If you're the age of 50 you should not get this vaccine period you we don't know if it's going to cause infertility or not we do know that we're seeing a huge amount of adverse reactions i mean over 6,000 deaths over you know 20,000 plus hospitalizations from the vaccine i mean that's more than all vaccines combined in the last several decades wow um in just six months of time i mean 6,000 people dead that's twice 9-11 now I think last time we talked, it was once 9-11. Now we're, we're at two times the death of 9-11, and those are underreported. So, you know, we're, we're putting something to the body. Why well, wasn't there a Harvard study, I think, two or three years ago that found about 10% of actual adverse reactions will actually make it through the reporting system over at the, the vaccine adverse effects website? Is, it wasn't something yeah, along those lines? Yeah. 2010, the Lazarus study, it was okay. only one and ever get reported and we have a voluntary report system and we and the cdc's basically given up on you know breakthrough cases and tracking you know how many people are, are getting covid after the shots etc they gave up because there were too many once they hit ten thousand, they said uh 
well, yeah, I guess we're not going to track this. And so the voluntary reporting system is the only thing we have, and it's very, very cumbersome as a position to report to that. So we are way under reporting the adverse events. So, you know, the 300,000 plus adverse events we've seen from these vaccines in the United States is the tip of the iceberg. Ryan, why the Smalley evolution to mRNA methodology for vaccination compared to traditional vaccination? And what has been its track record of success prior to COVID? Well, it's been researched for several decades. They've tinkered with it in, in the laboratory settings and animal models, mouse models and whatnot. This is the first time it's ever been broadly used on mankind, humankind. We've approached it for cancer therapies and whatnot. And there's some promising signals. Why we're willy-nilly trudging forward from this, I can only think that there's a giant financial motive behind it because the science isn't solid yet in terms of long-term data safety, long-term population safety. This, we, we have performed the largest experiment on humankind ever. Uh, we have the largest number of biological deaths from any biological drug, medicine, vaccine ever seen. And we're still pushing forward as though, oh, it's okay. You know, even though the virus itself is fading, the virus itself, especially in the United States, is mm -hmm. at just this trickle endemic level. It's incredibly scientifically frustrating to see us willy-nilly using a technology we've never massively used before from a company that has never safely brought a product to market before, Moderna, never. This is their first product on market. Uh, we're allowing them to kill people and saying it's okay. I, this is this is medically illogical. Uh, critical thinking has gone out the window. I, 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 from years and years and hundreds of thousands of patients of experience in my lifetime, I, I just scratch my head and, and think somebody's drinking a lot of Kool-Aid somewhere because this doesn't make any scientific sense. I want to connect dots for my fellow laymen out there like me who also were subjected to America's government school system. So far, what I've heard you say, to draw a parallel here, is that we are treating a new iteration of a familiar phylum or family of viruses, okay, that we have been confronting for decades. So we are, we are, we are choosing to treat that, a familiar family of viruses, with a vaccination treatment that up until this point in time has no actual documented success with any former, any previous pathology. Is that what I just heard you point out to our audience? Correct. And these vaccines technically really, you know, the risk reduction is only about 1%. So they fudge the data statistically to make these look better than they are. We do see a lot of breakthrough cases. We're treating something that is a coronavirus. We've tried vaccines laboratorily on coronaviruses previously. Those failed. Mm -hmm. We know that coronavirus vaccines have been an abject failure in the past. We are concerned about enhanced reactions, uh, autoimmune reactions going forward from a coronavirus vaccine. We know this family of viruses, you don't vaccinate against them. We have early treatments for this disease, and instead, to your point, connecting the dots, we're trying willy-nilly a new therapy experimental on humanity with unknown long-term results. Hmm. Un unknown long-term, uh, we're damaging people for a lifetime with this. We are, and, and people are accepting that because of the fear that 
oh no, I'm going to die from this novel virus when your chances of surviving it under the age of 50 are 99.9 plus percent. So the WHO saying don't vaccinate children, I suspect our CDC, the pressure now politically, this is like with the masks, they're going to eventually have to alter their guidelines along those lines here shortly, I would imagine. I sure hope so. Well, I I think the, the pressure's becoming pretty overwhelming. You just said no woman of childbearing age, reproductive age, should be getting this on any level whatsoever. We're telling Correct. people like me who have had it and have have conf- have lab confirmed antibody testing. We don't I can't get like a T cell test here in Iowa where I live yet. I looked. But I can get a standard antibody test. Mm-hmm. We're telling people like me with natural immunity, we should still go get vaccinated immunity as well. If I put that spike protein back in my body, where, I, where my body already is showing lab-confirmed antibodies of having defeated it the first time. If I put this, this, this lab-created spiked protein in my body to simulate an antibody response from a traditional vaccine, how will my body react to that? Very poorly, most likely. And, and this is, again, medical stupidity. I invite my colleagues in medicine to look at actual medicine again if a child has had chicken pox, we don't give them a chicken pox vaccine. If somebody's had measles, you don't give them a measles vaccine. Natural immunity is a broad immunity, much broader than a vaccine immunity. And the problem too is these vaccines, there was a Germany study on the Pfizer that showed that children who've been getting this, it's altering their T cell response. Your innate immediate T cell response is what you need to fight off viruses, fight off cancer. And we're finding that that T-cell response is being altered. In what way? Well, it's weakened. So if you have had COVID, you are immune to this disease, period. You know, the variants, scariants, samians, whatever you want to call them, they're 99.7, 99.9% the same as the original Wuhan strain. You have a broad-based immunity to this virus, period. If you get the vaccine after having had COVID, your risk of adverse reactions from the shot are two to nine times higher than than those who you know haven't had the shot or haven't had COVID. If you have natural immunity, screen before vaccine. If you have had COVID, do not get this shot, uh, especially in, in the youth. And especially if you're under age 50, if you've had COVID, you, your body is at a much higher risk of those adverse reactions. So wow. it is sanity. We, and, and, and here's the thing, SARS-CoV-1, we have, you know, antibodies last two to three years and we get this, oh no, antibodies are dropping off. Of, of course they are. If, if you kept a high antibody response to every virus bacteria you're exposed to daily, you'd be the Stay puff marshmallow man of swollen lymph nodes <laughs> all the time. Energetically impossible for the body to do that. So of course those, those levels go low, but a study recently showed, look, you have antibody memory in your bone marrow, those plasma cells, they're still there, they're just mm-hmm. quiet. You get exposed again, your antibodies go back up. But more importantly, uh, so SARS-CoV-1, two to three years of antibodies detectable, but 17 plus years and still running of T cell memory in those people who had SARS. So same thing with this virus. If you've had SARS-CoV-2 for the next 17, 18, 20 years, the probability of having a T cell memory is very high. If you take care of your health, take your vitamin D, eat healthy, get out in the sunshine, you know, take some supplements, vitamins, minerals, et cetera, you know, drop the weight if you can, those kind of things. But natural immunity is God-given immunity. You're gonna have it for a lifetime, period. I, I think Ryan, you know, the last few years we haven't spent a lot of time 
trying to diagnose people's motivations just because ultimately the result is the same, whether it's malfeasance or malevolence. In this case, I think we uniquely need to diagnose motivations because the next one that comes around, we have we need a plumb line. How, what do we know what's true? Who do we know what to believe? So my next question to you is, what is the most innocent explanation? And I'm going to take off the board. Many of your peers just took stupid pills simultaneously. So then aside from that, what is the most innocent explanation for why many of your medical expert peers are telling people that have already had the virus and showing, whether through cellular memory, as you indicated, or antibodies, in my case, uh, evidence of, uh, of an inherent immune reaction to the virus? What is the most innocent explanation for why they then want to inject these people with this experimental spike protein all over again? What's the innocent explanation for that? I like to say never ascribe to malice that which right. can be explained by ignorance. And I, I think we have a very, we have the death of modern medicine through guidelines and we have physicians stuck in giant systems after Obamacare, the hospitals bought up all the small practices. Nobody wants to be responsible for critical thinking and individuality. So I think it's basic ignorance. My colleagues, I have tons of colleagues that come to me to explain the mechanisms of action, the immune system, the virus, uh, natural immunity, long-term immunity. These are busy doctors, you know, they're they're a cog in a machine now, 10 minutes with the patient, 10 minutes with the patient. They don't have time at the end of the day to stop and think, okay, Am I thinking about how the immune system reacts? Am I thinking about how a virus reacts? Am I thinking about the broad textbook deep mechanisms of action? Uh, they don't have time to think that way. The system has forced them into, you will do this, you will do this, you will do this. The government says this, so that's all I'm going to do. I did my part, you can't sue me. I wasn't right, I wasn't wrong, but I did what they said. And so we have this guideline driven mindset that has really been the demise of the critical thinking physician. And it's sad because it's to the detriment of the patient. Every individual on this planet is a unique organism. We're not all the same. We apply population statistics to individuals and that's not how you practice medicine. Mm -hmm. So I think the simple explanation and the innocent explanation is burned out doctors that are ignorant of the broad facts about the virus and the immune system and don't have time to think about it. And so they they feel absolved by saying, I'm doing what the authorities above me are telling me to do. I've got about a minute and a half here. In your opinion, as an MD and pathologist, who should we be giving these vaccines to? And then is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think our audience needs to know in, in line with this conversation? I think those who are elderly or at risk who choose to get it, your body, your choice, those are the only people who should be getting this shot. Knowing going into it that there are risks and we have documented those. So that's who should get it. I, I think we need to open up the conversation, continue Dr. McCullough's conversation um, about early treatments. I've treated a lot of patients early with huge amounts of success. I think we need to emphasize natural immunity, natural immunity, natural immunity. We, we need to open up the conversation again. We're silencing very smart people so stupid people won't be offended in this past year. And we need to open up the conversation. You know, truth needs to be broadly accepted. You know, truth doesn't, does not mind being questioned. A lie doesn't like to be challenged. And over this past year, 
those of us who have the science, have the data, are getting silenced. So I think the conversation needs to continue. Open up the conversation to anyone and everyone who knows about this and quit silencing us. Don't go to the government for help because their guidelines are very financially driven by big pharmaceutical interests and the best interest of the patient isn't there. There are those of us that are here in it. The patient always comes first in our mind and our heart and what we do on a daily basis. We want to go forward. Catching COVID early for those who are still going to get it. We want to treat early, save lives, and avoiding this vaccine under the age of 50 is probably the best thing you can do to stay alive. Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, it's a pleasure. Ryan, quickly, is there a website our audience can go to if they want to get more information on what you do? Uh, coldiagnostics.com. That's uh, our laboratory. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so busy with patients, I don't have time to be on the socials much lately. We appreciate the work you're doing, brother. Thanks again for joining us. A lot of vitally important information that you just shared with our audience. We thank you for it, Ryan. Take care. God bless. Steve, thank you. You as well. All right. Dr. Ryan Cole here with us. Any quick thoughts as we close that out? Well, Dr. Cole's yet another example of why when you call me an anti-vaxxer, I'm like doomsday. I just keep getting stronger and stronger and angrier. Uh, and it's not just the science side of things. It's the cultist side of the smart people. Again, he mentioned Obamacare and the system just overtaking these people with PhDs, MDs. And they're just like, uh, uh, only following orders, ma'am. That That's exactly why I am the way I am on this topic, because there is no critical thinking. And that's not a COVID thing. It's been this way for a long time. And much of our notions of Western medicine should go the way of leeching, quite frankly. I just, for one, want to say, uh, listen to the experts, guys, uh, like Dr. Cole. Pop Culture Tuesday, we will discuss the most cringe program I've ever watched, the most cringe documentary ever produced. But why we chose to talk about it is important. Next. You know, you just heard about, uh, heard from Dr. Ryan Cole, MD pathologist, talking about, hey, it, you know, effective supplements can be good preemptive uh, measures, preventative measures, so that we're doing actually healthcare around here and not sick care. That's one of the reasons why we talk about Omega XL on our show. So many people struggling with inflammation. That's not an injury, you know, like Todd is still getting over the yank in your back from a couple of weeks ago, right? That yep. that requires, you know, some rehab, rest, right? That's an injury, okay? But inflammation is the chronic variety. That soreness, that achiness, a lot of times can be in your back um, when you don't yank something. It's just a sore anyway. Uh, shoulders, knees, hips, uh, the, the stuff that's of a chronic variety, it's almost always caused by too much inflammation in the body and that's where you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like omega xl backed by 35 years of clinical research it attacks the inflammation that's been attacking you thus causing the pain and if you want to give it a shot i use this product each and every day just got back from houston i take it with me when i travel all right so not a day goes by i don't use omega xl if you want to try it too, see if it works for you Go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Get buy one bottle. Get the second one for free right now at OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888.
You ready? You know, during the break, you informed me of an article about my Badger uh, men's basketball team mm-hmm. perhaps going under uh, total implosion, and I'd rather talk about that. Please, let's talk about really? my, my team dying. That's how bad it is? I'm that is how all, bad it is. I would always rather talk about I was going to say, Aaron wants Aaron's to talk in. about that, too. Aaron's in. <laughs> um, what, what I didn't mention is, you know what precipitated? So you meant this, this article where they recorded their coach secretly in a in a in Not a good. in a gripe session. It was the fact the team was so despondent by getting blown out at home by Iowa. <laughs> that like so de- it says in the article they were so depressed. Aaron, we're, we're losing to Iowa at home now. Losing to Iowa at home was the breaking point. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't understand. Aaron's so happy. He doesn't yes. care that he you doesn't were, care you that were was, ripping on him. Yeah, it was that. kind of went the other way. <laughs> Wisconsin players are like, dude, something's seriously wrong. Oh, no. We just got housed by Iowa in our own crib. Somebody do something, all right? And then they lost two more times. <laughs> there you Iowa. go. There you go. <laughs> so um, there is a dearth of content right now as we welcome you back here on the program. And it's Pop Culture Tuesday when we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. I, you know, there is, we keep launching, like it's been 10 minutes, a new streaming service has launched. But man, there's a dearth of content out there right now. We're, now the lull of, of everything that was shut down for productions, or all the productions were shut down for lockdowns. We're in that lull now. I mean, you know, we have a thing at our house where one of us, usually me, each Tuesday on the new release day for on the streaming services, we'll go through and see is there anything new and flag it either that Amy and I watch or we'll do for a family movie night later. Man, I've not been flagging a lot of stuff the last, I don't know, month plus. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's drying up out there for new content. And, um, and so I'm finding lists on like, um, what culture or watch mojo or looper these are really popular youtube channels and one of them i came across was uh you know best documentaries of the 2010s and um this one i've been making my way up the list and this one i finally got to number one on this particular site's list and it was a documentary called abducted in plain sight from 2017 and um, I said to Amy, hey, I'm gonna, I want to make it to the, we made it to the end of the list. You want to watch this one? She's like, oh yeah, but I want you to know I've already seen it. I'm like, why do you want to watch it again? I mean, it's a documentary, right? It's not like you're going to like relive the moment on your left. You know, like it's all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home. It's a documentary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You've kind of, you, you, it's it doesn't. It, these aren't moments you want to often relive. in. most, they don't, also don't make documentaries about things are going great. The documentary, right? It's not typically what they make doc. Here are some healthy whole families. Watch them for 90 minutes, right? No, it just, we don't make documentaries about good stuff. So you typically don't want to remake that. You don't rewatch them again. They don't have like a lot of repeat viewing potential. Fair? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, why do you want to watch this again? And she's like, oh, I just, I got to get your reaction to this. So I began watching and I, I almost turned it off and she's like, oh no, it's going to get worse. I'm like, you want me to, you know, I was about to turn it off. Right. And you're telling me just, you gotta, you gotta sit through it. I'm about to do it again. Eject. Oh, it, it gets worse. And I, the third time she says, this, I'm like, how does it get worse than this? And then you find out how it can get worse and worse and worse. 
It is the most cringe program I have ever watched. It had me out of my chair, flailing arms, I, I, just nodding my head. I was like, like, like an eight millimeter. Just yeah. yeah, I'm like the comedian Tracy Morgan. Just no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, it, I am scarred. I, I know I now have long-lasting T-cell immunity to COVID-19. I have, I have no immunity to what uh, psychologically this documentary did to me. The story of this documentary is about a nice, quaint LDS Utah family in the 1970s who, you know, are doing the love your neighbor as you love yourself thing when a new couple moves in next door, right? And they just decide to, you know, get to know them. And the husband on the other side seems really eager to get to know them, even more eager to get to know them too, right? And I don't even know how much to tell you. In this case, I'm tempted, folks, to spoil it so that you do not watch this. You don't watch this, okay? The guy's a predator, and his goal is that is to seduce their... Um, blossoming, flowering teenage daughter who's, what, 12 or 13 when he first moves in, I think it is, right? Oh, she's younger than that. Even younger than that. All right, so he's grooming her then. Okay. Um, To be a future bride for him. Lolita. Yeah, yeah, good analogy. And he even convinces her that, um, I mean, he, he rigs up like voice modulating technology from the 70s on a tape recorder to make her convinced that um, aliens are going to destroy humanity and the two of them have to repopulate the earth. And if anybody knows about this, um, then they'll come and kill her family. And I mean, it's just, this stuff is nuts. And the whole time the family is interacting with this guy. And when I say they are interacting with this guy, they are interacting. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. The mom has a multi-year affair with this guy that the father knows about. And in maybe the most cringe moment, I don't even think I can say this. Well, while you recover, she had an affair for a second time with this guy yes. after this guy took her daughter yes. without asking. That's a, that's a detail of importance I, that probably should be noted, yes. The affair with him before he kidnapped her daughter and took her across state lines was bad enough. Yes. But then she chose to uh, she chose to tap that head a second time, basically. She went back with a red cup for another round. Fair? Yeah. Okay. And um, is that bad? It's Pretty all bad. bad. It's the whole bad. thing. That's, that's implied. I thought I'd never watch anything more cringe than the wonderful whites of West Virginia ever, ever. And you may need to watch that now. Go no. find that one just to scrub your brain and feel better about yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's seven teeth in the entire in the entire documentary. Seven. I I I used to count how many teeth were were actually shown in the wonderful whites of West Virginia documentary. But um, this is far more cringe because. That's at least that's a you're watching a generational train wreck in real time. You're watching a a, 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 a you know a, a hick dad who figured out 
in the FDR era that he didn't have to work if he just claimed some form of disability and welfare and just passed that on to his kids. And so they just kept passing on this dysfunction to remain a, you know, cross gener- transgenerational wards of the state. And so this dysfunction just keeps procreating, right? Okay. That is cringe enough, right? This family, though, this is the quintessential, at least from the outside, nuclear American family, right? That's what makes this difficult is they, throughout the course of this, they know better. And yet, and they acknowledge that they know better. They acknowledge they should have known better. And then they just kept doing this anyway. And in the ultimate cringe of the cringe, the dad says, tells a story about how he was in a car ride with this guy who was having an affair with his wife. And he knew about it. And they were still friends. And he starts then telling him the reason, basically, the reason I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping on your wife, dude, is because my wife doesn't like sex, right? I think that's, did he know about the affair? Yeah, I think point? he did. I think he did know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even then. Okay. okay. I, it is a lot to keep straight. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on here, folks. A lot. Okay. And, you know, my wife is giving up on sex, and I really just need a release. And he says to him, the, the, the husband, uh, the, the predator says to the husband, would you give me a release? And they pull over in a park or something. And dad, I guess we'll just say, gives him a release. The WTF mullet guy gif is not enough it it doesn't approach enough on this show i i cursed you in that moment steve I said what w t f steve dace <laughs> this predator had sex with almost this entire family and the mom and the dad Voluntarily. And what was Sunday? Do you guys remember what Sunday was? Non-gender specific guardian number two day. (laughs) Future New Zealand weightlift deadlifting Olympic champion day. Yes. Sunday was Father's Day. The first go around with this, like one of the the, the FBI agent at the time who investigated the case. The first go around, he's like really sympathetic with the family. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. And they finally, when he, the first time he takes the daughter, they recover the daughter, they find her, and he's really sympathetic with how this predator wormed his way into the family and everything else, right? And But then, the, then it turns. This is the moment this whole documentary turns from tragic to cringe. Is when he, the predator is in jail awaiting sentencing. And the, his wife at the time goes to their home and, try, and blackmails them. And says, if you don't go into that sentencing hearing and say, our daughter wasn't kidnapped and she was okay, it's all a misunderstanding, then he is going to let everybody know that your husband's a homosexual and and performed a sex act on him. And the dad was so ashamed at what had happened that he went along with that, which ended up that decision 
And this is now where the FBI agent's opinion, the rest of the film, veers. Where he basically is just whipping this family for like the, the second 45 minutes of this documentary. Okay? Because in order to hide his own shame, this dad ended up subjecting his family to another decade almost of this. Including his oldest daughter. And that to me is why we needed to discuss this. Because that's the, that's, the, that's the whole gist of this story. Is that the man of the house will not own up to his mistake. Will not, is not willing to face accountability for it or, the, or to accept the consequences for it. And therefore, you know, Christ takes our sins upon himself. This father, this father cast his sins upon his wife and child, made them pay for his mistakes, for his shame. And to me, that's why this is a tale that needed to be told and we needed to discuss. I'll get you guys' take on that here in just a second before or after I tell everybody about Freedom Project Academy. Parents, listen up. Here's what your kids are being taught in government school. You know what? If you're watching this show, you already know. I don't have to tell you. No such thing as a border, as a boy, or as a girl, a baby, a law, a constitution, a Bible. You already know those things. All right? What you need to know then is what's the antidote? You know, unlike government schools, Freedom Project Academy has perfected live online learning for more than a decade. It's based on Judeo-Christian values and a classical curriculum. What does that mean? It means mastery of subject matter, not indoctrinated propaganda. All right? So that you are taught how to think, not what to think. Our own son Noah attended Freedom Project Academy for a couple of years. So I've seen it up close and personal. Plus, I know the people that founded and ran this and run this institution as well. So I can't recommend them any more highly than that. Don't let your kid get dumbed down. Go to freedomforschool.com. Get your child a real education from Freedom Project Academy. You can get a free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. Gentlemen, back to the cringe. The floor is yours. Uh, I, I just was left all the way through, and I thought maybe we might have a uh, resolution at the end, but no, all the way to the very last. The fact that this family would so willingly come on camera in 2017, all of them, and share this so openly, the, 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 the sisters of the girl who was abused all time, like just, just a, we're terrible victims. You know, we're not, we're not that bad. Uh, the, the, the dad, I mean, he, he broke down in tears a couple times in his, uh, shame, but at the end, he, he still paints themselves as, as the victims of a great American tragedy. It, it's, I w- that speaks to so much of our culture there, there, I did not sense genuine remorse at the end from this family I, I i it was appalling through and through and through they somehow painted themselves at the end as victims the only victim was the little girl everyone else was a co-conspirator yeah and just just briefly this is also important to understand this is the enemy's playbook right here as well this predator working his way tying everybody up in this house of cards, web of lies thing. And without the Holy Spirit working uh, within those lives, they can't 
they're, they're so, so ashamed they, they can't help but continue to sink into that. Uh, it's it's fascinating in, a, in an incredibly morbid way. Cringe. The most cringe of cringe. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.